What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Serie A audio experience with IFTV. It's been a strange day. We've had no WhatsApp. We haven't had our group chat. There's been no Facebook, not that we use Facebook anymore. We just got Instagram back. But more importantly, that's not, that's not the only thing that's back. More important than Instagram, Ludovico Woo! is back on the podcast. Grande there Ludo. Welcome back. Great to be back. Thank you for having me, as always. Could it... Always Has there ever been a better return than this right now? <laughs> Napoli 7 for 7, and Ludovico, you returned for this podcast. Well, we've been in this uh, situation before, and uh, you know, we, have to be, we have to be realistic. You know, we're still dreaming, and if it's a dream, don't wake me up. <laughs> but I'm also very <laughs> realistic that the, uh, it's not always going to be like this. It's going to be ups and downs, like uh, you know, the, the season is very... It's very long, but we're very hopeful and uh, enjoy looking it. forward to a great uh, to a great season. Cheers, nice. cheers, to the amaro that you bring to us. Peter's got no more. Michael doesn't I drink. I didn't drink. <laughs> there we go. Hopefully, to many more uh, game amazing games. I mean, I think the Serie A, Ludo, we haven't had you on this season, but the Serie A this season. Do you remember this competitive over the past decade that you can recall how competitive and exciting it's been uh, throughout all the games, not just the top teams? Well, it is a particular uh, uh, season after after COVID and the um, and also the market and not many teams buying and a, uh, a lot of teams in debt, especially. Mm -hmm. I won't say just Serie yeah, but let's say all over the uh, all over the world, and uh, the fans are coming back, and that's the a real positive. Uh, that the fans are back in the stadium and that's what you need that 12th uh, uh, player to, to cheer your uh, your team on so things are getting back to uh, to normal but it is competitive because you don't have that team that above everyone else due to the market you know the the, the buying power no money uh, no money around and it, it looks pretty you have three four teams that that are going to uh, to compete this season um, for the uh, for the scudetto, there's three that are doing unbelievable. That I was watching this weekend, and you know we had some doubts coming in here. And I wish my dad was here. And and if he comes before we we finish, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up one more time. But Ludovico, just so that you know, uh, first of all, I know you've been very busy, so that's why you haven't been able to come on the right. podcast. It worked out because Antonio's away; he's in Miami. We leave him, we forget about him over there, and we bring you back right now. And Antonio and my dad both had Napoli before the season started, finishing in seventh place. Wow. Seven. What do you have to say about that? No, it's... Um, Should we disown them? Na Napoli... Should we hit them? To my... Should we beat them up? Let's start. Let's... Should we kick them off forever? <laughs> I, I should, should we pop I their tires? I should probably clean the chair because I'm sitting in a toilet chair. <laughs> no, let's... The, the thing is that uh, Spalletti officially, quote-unquote, became the coach of Napoli back in January. De Laurentiis had the contract signed in January. So I think Spalletti had six months to study the players, to study the alternatives. And one thing I like about Spalletti, he changes things on the fly. He reads the game really well and he adapts really well to the, uh, to the opponent. So he had, a, he had a talk with De Laurentiis and he said, okay, I know there is no money. You cannot buy me players. I don't want me, I don't want players, but promise me one thing, you're not gonna sell anyone. And De Laurentiis kept that promise. Napoli, the big names that were supposed to leave, Koulibaly, Fabian Ruiz, nobody was sold. Napoli kept, plus you have the other players to keep the bench, the, 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 the bench uh, uh, stronger. 
And that's how it became competitive. But what I like about uh, Spalletti is that he adapts to the opponent and to that specific game. He has a great uh, he has a great group with uh, with leadership on on and off the field, and and the results are starting to uh, are starting to come. But let me ask you, since I said that they they had them finishing in seventh, uh, I will say us three. I swear to you, you could go back and search it. We had not played in Champions League. Us three believed. Peter, Michael, and I, we all thought that Napoli was going to do great. Your expectations as a Napoli fan coming to the season, what were they? Champions League. Fourth place. Well, Champions League, second, third, fourth place. I think okay. Napoli should have been in Champions League back in May, that game against uh, uh, against Verona, mm-hmm. but we deserved to be in, uh, in Champions League. Now we have a different coach with alternatives that uh, knows how to read the game, adapts to the game, it, it, cha- it makes changes on the fly, and we saw it yesterday against against Fiorentina. Even the formations, you go from the 4-2-3-1 to the 4-3-3, you know, with, with, within seconds, mm-hmm. they adapt really well on the, uh, on the field. Mm-hmm. And the, the team is always balanced, two, three goals so far. Uh, they scored three. on, uh, three on goals. Napoli, three, three goals. goals. And That's the crazy, uh, the, uh, the forwards, a lot of forwards do score. It's not only uh, men. So we are we have a very balanced uh, balanced mm-hmm. team. Finally, Fabian Ruiz has his position uh, on the field. Sometimes Zielinski cannot find that uh, coordination, that balance between the forwards and the and the midfielders in order to find this mm-hmm. spot. Then you have Politano having a great season. Lozano, they're both starters. And then you have people coming off the bench, Elmas, that, that are doing a great, uh, like great Elmas. job. And, uh, I like him a and lot. You, you haven't even mentioned Mertens. Mertens, who well, is, Mertens is coming back. back Mertens is coming back. He got a few minutes yesterday. Yeah. Demme is also coming back. Yeah. And then the great, uh, I mean, uh, player that we basically was a gift from the uh, from the sky, let's say, from uh, from, <laughs> from San Gennaro, from the Saints, <laughs> is the uh, the midfielder that uh, he fit right in. Angisa, yeah. Angisa, you know, fit right into that. Uh, and don't forget Unas too. Unas is another player that. Well, I always I always, always like Unas to that, because yeah. he's one of the few players in Serie A. He has that burst of speed that yeah. could take a man on v one one v one and create that mm-hmm. scoring opportunity, the cross, and have that uh, th- that superiority on the. Um, mm. On the opposite uh, side, that create the. Uh, we we talk so much about all these teams that win, and the debt that they accumulate. Inter, one of the first teams, obviously Juventus, uh, Barcelona. Uh, well, I'm saying he's yeah. Going to yeah. As far no, no, as like debt, no, no, Juventus has more debt than you than Inter last uh, year. Two hundred forty-one million lost. Juve has more. Check well, it. Marco's accountant yeah, over here. He has it on the job. Part time job. Check it. <laughs> no, but. Uh, Sound like I'm throwing it there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm serious. Show but, me that. Show me that. but what I was going at was Napoli has been one of the most profitable or healthiest team um, as far as books are concerned than any team in, in, uh, in Serie A for sure. Um, and also um, with that, they've also made Champions League for a good amount of times out of 10 years, let's say. Um, well, been in Europe, not only Champions League, but yeah. uh, since uh, De Laurentiis purchased the team back in 2000, I forgot the, uh, the yes, he always try to keep the, the, the balance. But I always, one thing that I, I, as a Napoli fan, will regret was that famous year when we came in second to Juventus with 90 points. Yeah. And in January, no one was purchased. Mm-hmm. And I believe the team deserved. Are you smiling, He could have. He needed to make. He needed to make the team yeah. for the spring, yeah. you know, for, in order to to reach that scudetto, and that was a great opportunity, 
And they said, no, this and team is that. fine like this. I'm not spending mm-hmm. a dime. And I think that's the oh, regret that, that year of, a, sure. of, of a lifetime. That year I think that sure. was the great opportunity back then. Yeah, You're very happy. You're very happy, which is which is fair. Mike is very happy because one of those three teams that's doing really good that he supports that he can never say is doing really good. Uh, you're obviously super happy after the win against Sassuolo where, where Jekyll came in and, and won. The thing is, to watch the games, you have to be able to subscribe to Paramount Plus, who is the premium sponsor of our podcast this entire year. The link is in the description. You get seven days free trial. If you have not gotten Paramount Plus right now, I don't know what you have been doing. Champions League was just last week. You get Champions League, Europa League, Conference League, all these conference leagues, whatever it is, you get everything with Paramount Plus. So big shout out to them. Guys, link in the description, top link in the description. Make sure you go download it. Peter, we'll start with you. How'd you feel about uh about Inter hmm. this week? Because Sassuolo was amazing. Yeah. Sassuolo, let's put it this way. Sassuolo has has gave given a lot of top teams a run for their money. I remember even the the game versus Roma. They dominated that game for 90 minutes. This this game versus Inter, they dominated Inter for the, I would say the first 50, 60 minutes by the time Inzaghi actually made the, the four substitu- uh, substitutions. Sassuolo, you know, they're carrying on the Zerbi's legacy as far as free-flowing attack-minded football. Uh, I think Dionisi is a young uh, coach that is gonna have a great future with another team. He's gonna take this team to a, a certain level and he'll go on, I think, with one of the top teams in Italy. Whoa. Uh, no, I really nice. do. I like the way he's continued this team's uh, ability to play and, and really dominate in possession. Um, Sounds like a Sarri story. Yeah, that type so of Starting person. from Empoli and then going mm-hmm. to a uh, mm-hmm. uh, And team. one thing in particular Dionysi's uh, and Sassuolo are trying to do this year is being more aggressive or bringing the ball f- forward a lot quicker. Where the Zebu would try to keep that tiki taka, I would guess, like Spanish style, where you're not always going into a quicker transition. Yeah, exactly. And you have the players to do it. Berardi and Boga were amazing. Yeah, they were really good amazing. Man. Boga, that guy, when he's on, he's probably one of the hardest players to catch. Mm. He had, he's so quick. And he can beat you. Run. Yeah, he can beat you on the dribble. He can cut in left. He just needs to be able to increase his goals and actually take shots and and and, and do that the damage that is needed. But Inter were in, were in difficult uh, position the first half. They couldn't even move the ball. Uh, a lot of lackluster passes from some of our better players: De Vrij, uh, Skriniar, uh, Barella, Brozovic wasn't able to get on. So it was a a big disconnect from Inter's midfield and and attack. Um, we finally tried, and I was always interested in seeing a Correa Lautaro. It happened once before this season, but La- Correa good. got injured, and it did not look good this yeah. time around. Um, but I think also uh, it's because versus the Sassuolo team, you needed someone to be able to hold up play. You needed someone to be able to slow down a game and, and, and bring that team up, the midfield up. Um, but I have to say, I've been always, uh, I would say, I would question Inzaghi's substitutions a lot of times. Uh, in this past season, uh, whether it's taking out Brozovic in the 54 minute, I think it's a player that has to always play because we don't have another player that can play his same position. Or if you put Barella in that register role, you miss out on the chances that he can create uh, going forward in that eight uh, number eight role. Um, but he made four substitutions right away. And Zeko, literally the first ball he touches, he puts it in the back of the net. And you saw the inter team completely change. Even Vidal, I thought he had a very, very good 
game because he added that intensity and he added that defensive presence that maybe this uh, inter midfield was lacking and they didn't have. Um, so I was impressed. I think the second half, Inter went out and and they deservedly got the three points. Um, I know that there was penalty. There was a, a red card shout right versus Andanovic. Uh, the interpretation of the referee seems like Andanovic, when he did foul the player or the attempt to foul, he lifted his arms up like this. Um, and a replay, you see that it does get hit. It does touch him. But he is like not attempting to, to play the man. And, and you see the Frel, the fr- uh, was it? The fr- who was it? Uh, the Frel, right? Frel. The Frel kind of fall. So I guess in that part, does VAR, should have should VAR intervene. have been used yeah. and intervened in that, in that case? As a foul last man, I don't know what the rules are as Mike, far as refer as far as VAR. Was it a foul? Um, Mike? I don't know. I regardless of, I think it could have been. I would you could, have given it if you were the referee? Would you have given it in that situation? Probably not. Ludo, I would have. Yeah, I think it's a red card. The only thing I have a problem with, I have a problem with not giving that and then giving the penalty no, on Yeah, I do. Come on. I mean, if you're giving one, if you're if you're gonna I, judge both, like they should have been judged equally, in my opinion. The thing is, I I do really? feel like Consigli got more in the way, or rather, I think it, it being took, more of a foul. Yeah, je- from I, behind, he took them took him out, he, he, and then he went to he the ball he, afterwards. He like uh, American football, like yeah. <laughs> okay, so Consigli, you, you're saying out. penalty for Inter? I think it was more of a penalty than the Defrel. Was one. it a penalty? Yeah. Yes. You say it was a penalty. No, nah, I don't. I don't think so. No, it's I, a think, I don't think, I think it was. No. Yeah. I don't think you could call one and not the other. But I don't think that was more intense. The 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 Consigli one was more intense than the the Frel one. I think personally. Yeah, that I don't agree with. Uh, Lautaro Jeco though, we're doing really good. Second best attack in Europe. What do you think about Inter? You're scared about them for the Scudetto, Ludo. Uh, well, they are they are contenders. Uh, what worries me a little bit is the Inter at the international level in in Champions League. It's not the same Inter as in uh, as in Serie A. The difference between Conte and um, Inzaghi, Inzaghi has more possession. They play more mm-hmm. as a team and not just with uh, counterattack like they were doing most of the time with um, with Conte. So I do like uh, Inzaghi's style of play. Inzaghi is a goal scorer. He's one of those old-fashioned uh, center forwards you know, that stays in the box, but you need to service him the ball. You need to give him the ball. He will put the ball in, whether with his feet, also uh, with the head. He has great positioning. He knows exactly... You know how to attack the space and uh, and uh, and uh, and open up. I, I do like Inter uh, Inter uh, team. I don't know as far as Champions League, but if Italy mm. does not go forward in Champions League, they are serious contenders for the uh, for the Serie. A. Mike, if I asked you, there's three teams. Would you agree? Uh, Napoli, Inter, and Milan are the three that you would probably guess will go down for the Scudetto race. Yeah, even agree? even more so, I think. Even but wouldn't the, you say that the, those three are probably like yeah. the three favorites? Yeah. Who do you think challenge since Inter is the the winner? Who do you think challenges them more, Milan or Napoli? Um, this is a tough. As of now, I think Napoli are in a different gear. Uh, Milan did surprise me because they did also have some uh, tough games that they had to play uh, against Atalanta. Against uh, well. Uh, Milan against Atalanta. I think Milan surprised me a lot. They, I think they played great football. Didn't really let Atalanta play their game at all. And the stuff that really did pass them, Manjan was there to save the day. Um, I think Pioli has has uh, 
really has this team over here. Everyone believes in one another. Even when there's players that are injured, as we've seen, Giroud and Zlatan out there, they made a makeshift Rebic as a striker, and they're still managing to pull off these results. So it really goes to show that these guys really believe that they could do something special. And uh, But Napoli have so many... Napoli have so many weapons off the bench where I feel like they could do something more. So maybe right now, if we're saying it right now, I think Napoli might have a slight edge just because I feel like they have so many players, attacking players that they can bring off the bench that could change a game completely. On, on Milan, I was I was very impressed with them as well. I, I mean, this season, I, I was wrong in the sense that I didn't think Milan was going to be a challenger for the Scudetto. I really thought this was the year that I've never been a big fan of Pioli as a coach. I, I never thought that he was going to be a top, mm -hmm. top coach. But he's doing an unbelievable job with the team right now, and, and we got to give them respect. Atalanta dominated the game in terms of like the possession and, and going forward and holding the ball. But guess what? Milan's the one who scored the goals. And when they needed to attack, they attacked in the right way. Uh, and starting the ball off with um, with Calabria in 28 seconds in from Theo Hernandez, one fullback to the other, and then Tonali who picks up the ball and then finishes it off. I am so thoroughly impressed with the Milan this year. I really think they're going to go all the way and they're really going to fight until the last day without those guys that you mentioned because that's very hard. 100%. I'm happy for Tonali because, by the way, when I was looking up last time, Ludo, you were here, I found a clip of you saying that we need to give time to Tonali. Because last year, yes. all the Inter fans, they were yeah. going crazy. <laughs> you were messing with them saying, yes. Tonali, look at look how bad he's doing. He's on the bench. Now Tonali, uh, between Kessie and Benacer, I think you have to say that Tonali's always a starter. And giving yes. time to this you youngster that, you, 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 you has to give that year of the, uh, that, that transition year, just like we spoke about with Lozano a couple of years ago. Last year, we spoke about Victor uh, Osimhen. Mm -hmm. You need to give that year, and he came from uh, uh, from Empoli, no, Brescia, Brescia. Brescia. Yeah. Came, and then playing in Milan, a little bit at a Huge time. Stuff. You ha you don't want to burn these guys. And mm -hmm. Milan, to my understanding, is one of the youngest, if not the youngest team in Serie in Serie. And mm -hmm. I think Pioli is the right coach. the uh, The organization finally understood that, based on the on the earthquake that was about to happen mm -hmm. uh, a year ago. They uh, they made a mistake, uh, regrets, and now Pioli is back uh, on the saddle and having this uh, having you know having this group. And I think if not this year, even the following next year or the year after, Milan will be a serious contender. Who scares you score. more? I think everyone is. It, it's even at this. It, it's really Give even me at this. Give one team point. that you feel like scares you the most. It, it doesn't have to be between the two of them. Who do you think feels as strong as that in the end they're still going to be there? I think it's Milan and Inter for me 50-50. Hmm. Wow. That's that's actually yeah. saying a lot well, though about Milan though that true. it's even 50-50. 100%. I also had a quick question I want to put around the table. It was an interesting question that uh that was brought upon in the watch along actually uh for the Milan Atalanta game. I feel like uh Pioli's always been like a mid-table coach and now something at Milan it does he prove himself to be a better than a mid-table coach or what's this Milan project which is getting the best out of him he's definitely better than a mid-table coach oh. we can't call him a mid-table yeah coach, when, you know? when you say mid-table coach it also depends on the players that you have uh -huh. unfortunately the if, quality if, that goes if, out the field if you're coaching a team that is not of the level to be a Scudetto mm -hmm. challenger you can be Mourinho Conte whoever it is yeah. you're not going to reach you the Scudetto quality. level you need good so feet you, so you need the quality you need the team um, Pioli let's not forget brought Lazio to Champions League with a team that wasn't 
as comparable as, as the other ones when they play that season. So he does have a record of, of playing good uh, football and, and as a good manager. I think also he gives that level of stability for a Milan team. Um, and as Ludo correctly said, I mean, they were last year, two years ago at this point, at the brink of changing everything. Literally throwing everything the out. The entire project. And starting from scratch again. Maldini, for, Maldini for Ragnick, and Bjorn right? for Ragnick. Yeah. Okay? And they didn't do that, and it turned out to be a Success. massive win uh, for them. They got a young team. They're mm-hmm. probably not a young, the youngest team only because of Ibrahimovic and Giroud. But everyone else is I think they are, though. under I mean, 25. I mean, the age average. I think they are the youngest in Serie A. Wow. And that's crazy. You have a 40-year-old and a 35-year-old. So it's true. That's, that's a good point. You know, that's that's a testament to say that this Milan team could be good for years to come. Um, and now you have a midfield where Tonali, Benacer, Kessier, these are guys that all are valid substitutes for each other. And you're going to need the rotation when you play in Europe. And I think even in Europe, so you know, they've unlucky. had some two really big teams to play against, and they held their own. And if it wasn't for certain episodes, maybe they should have gotten some mm-hmm. some points there. And um, you know, I think uh, for any team, a leader is so important. And you have Ibrahimovic that has the experience winning any anywhere. He he holds his teammates accountable, whether it be in the f- practice or in the game. And that little burst or that little edge can help in the long run. The only thing is you have to see how the season turns out because I think this year in particular, anybody can really lose versus anyone. <laughs> I mean, we yeah, saw Spezia sure. give this very AC Milan team a lot of trouble. Juventus had a lot of trouble with Spezia. So uh, even Fiorentina, I mean, Fiorentina has ta- you know made a, 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 three, a 180, 180 turnaround. So, season, yeah. And then Spezia will lose 4-0. To yeah, Hellas and then they Verona lose versus Hellas Verona. Well, listen, that's always part of... You know, the these smaller back. teams, there's a, you know, motivation factor. When you versus a versus Juventus, Milan, your attention is 100% on this game and oh, you're yeah. giving your all. And then you lose out on these, uh, the points I maybe where Spezia you could get. I think regrets letting uh, Italiano go. Yeah. Well, I don't think they could have kept him. I don't I, think it was a choice. I can't blame Italiano. I, lo- I love what you brought up about the management because um, I think that so much credit, and I know we, we mentioned uh, Ibrahimovic as a leader, but I've seen different leaders emerge for this Milan side. If you think about Mike Magnan, who's the goalkeeper, who's been unbelievable. unbelievable. Maldini did an unbelievable job getting that back line sorted out with Tomori, who has been a sensational signing. The tackle that he made was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And he's just he made had, the, the England national yes, team. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Maldini has done an unbelievable job. I know everyone wants to get rid of Ranić. What? Maldini and Gazidis. Did no, great. Maldini's done a great job. Gazidis has just Gazidis. been on the side. Are you in the background? Gazidis. 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 How do you know? How do you know? Gazidis. Okay, so how did you know when you were saying Maldini doesn't both. know anything? I said both. What about when Maldini didn't know I just give him credit. Anything? That was a joke. Why I'm did you say both. Gazidis didn't know But also, I Marco, in Champions League, you need people that can put the ball behind But they were, they've been very... If 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 Milan were in anybody else's group, if they were in any of the other Italians' group, they would be... They would 100% get out of it. No, yeah. If they were in Juventus's, Atalanta's, or Inter's group... Milan would have gone. Milan out of, got screwed. Out of the group. Milan got the toughest they group the toughest out of ever, group. out of the whole. And they were unlucky against all the groups. For but sure. I have one question for Peter: mm. Is Mike Magnan the best goalkeeper in Serie A? Mm. And if not, who's better? Let me just do. Because uh, it's easy to say no, but then when you try to think about oh. Musso, uh, Chesney, Handanovic, definitely not Pepe Reina. Rui Patricio. I think no, today the best goalkeeper in Serie A today for this uh, season is Ospina, not because he's a Napoli. Oh, Just Spina. look at the saves, look at the highlights, and, and look at how many 
goals he has. He, he comes up with some explosive yeah. saves, and, and the defense for Napoli has been phenomenal yeah. in this uh, city. See how they don't respect us? Ludo. No, but I, I was, so you're saying I was the north over here. No, I'm saying for this season. I'll, I'll say I'm that, not uh, saying the best goalkeeper in, in Serie A. Just yeah. this I mean, season. I'm, for this season, okay. yes. The first what seven games, that? yes. I think. No, it's definitely someone. I, I was trying to think through all the, the goalkeepers, but if I have to make an argument, obviously Ospina I think will be up there, but Magnon for the player that no one knew Right. Correct. They new to Serie A. New to Serie A. I completely agree with you. Um, like, with new Milan to Serie A. Taking yes. the role of Donnarumma, yeah. who Correct. just won the Euros, and being able to you know, make pull a off seamless the transition. quality of saves right. that he's made. No, being the boss and of a new defense, yeah. that you, guys that you never played with yeah. before. Yeah. And also his distribution. It's so good. He's able to hit the pinpoint, ball and pinpoint, be able to dude. move the ball. And I, I think you know, uh, Maldini definitely had something up his sleeve in the negotiation. Uh, for Donnarumma's uh, renewal, mm-hmm. and he said, "You know what? At that point, it's not worth. If we can get a similar quality goalkeeper, and let's not forget, now, I mean, obviously, no Milan fan wants to hear this, but you just bought a player for a discount. He plays in Milan. He plays in Champions. Plays City. Ah, his value is skyrocketing, oh, yeah. and you have a, a real asset there if you were to sell him. But obviously, no Milan fan wants to know uh, wants to hear that. Even a Serie A fan, you want." the top players playing in Italy playing. Uh, it's great to see that there's not just one or two teams able to uh, compete. Yeah, absolutely. There's literally, I know there's probably, it's going to end up three or four teams, but there's seven teams right now, and we're seven games in. It's a, it's a good more, maybe, amount of man. team. It's a good amount of games where you can identify who's good and who's bad. Yeah, and now there's a lot I of good teams. This this is where we started to see like a little bit of the, the break-off, where we started to realize like who's... Who's a contenders and who's a, a pretender? That that's how I started to, to feel about it. Where Lazio, after the first like week or two, everybody was going crazy. My dad has Lazio in second place, or had Lazio in second place. That's why I didn't show up. Yeah, We're gonna roast them that's again. Why, yeah. <laughs> he knew Ludo was coming. He's like, he, he definitely saw my video. Uh, let's talk about Fiorentina Napoli because uh, I know we, we touched about the Napoli, but I want to give uh, I want to talk about Fiorentina for a second because Fiorentina has been a team that's excited me so much this season. Uh, a lot of us had said that Italiano was gonna really change the team around, and he's proved to have done that the first half from Fiorentina was great they even started leading uh, 1-0 against Napoli and we thought this was going to be a really tricky fixture for Napoli which it was you know not based on the scoreline even though Napoli won the game but Fiorentina is really really a great team I'm very happy for them and I know this game listen you could lose against Napoli it happens what they need to make sure is that they keep this motivation when they're playing against 8 through 20 you got to keep this yeah, intensity exactly. the same exact level and make sure you get the points because that's how you get to a Europa League spot. That's how you get to Europe. Yeah, Marco, I think you said a great. Uh, Fiorentina looked like a, a whole different team, and Ita- Italiano's doing great. And we got to give credit to uh, Ludo, who actually spotted Italiano at Spezia. I remember last season we had him on a few podcasts, and he was saying, wow, what he's doing, how he uh, salvaged them and kept them in Serie A with the lowest budget. This guy's doing uh, wonders. With and the payroll, of course. With the, the payroll, payroll that, uh, that, uh, the that, lowest. Uh, that Spezia uh, had. Um, yeah. When you're at Spezia and you're at Fiorentina, of course, it's it's two different two different clubs. Uh, Spezia just came from uh, from uh, Serie B. This is their second, second year, season. but Fiorentina has been uh, in Serie A for a long time. What I think Italiano now coaching Fiorentina has to learn is okay today. I think a tie is good. Getting a point against this particular team. It's a success, yeah. Because his style of play is they pressure really, really high. In order to pressure high, you got to keep the team very short. 
So that means the defense has to be high. When the defense is extremely high at the midfield line, now you're opening up mm. to the other team, and that's what Napoli adapted to the first half, because mm. Napoli knew with the high pressure and the tick attack that sometimes Napoli does, that first touch quality passes, you were not going to pass the Fiorentina midfielders. So uh, Spalletti and Napoli decided to go with the long balls and go over the midfield line and try to get Osimhen 1v1 against the defender, and that's how we got the penalty, mm -hmm. and that's how we tied, tied the game. So now, running 150 miles an hour, the first half, great soccer. They did the same against Inter. But now the second uh, half, you don't have the strength anymore. You don't have the ability. You can uh, have the same intensity as you did the first half. So now at this point, what do you do? You need to a little bit hmm. change the game around, hmm. put the game to sleep a little bit, have possession, pass the ball back, relax a little bit, and then boom, yeah. you press your foot on the, on the gas and you go again. And that's what I see the difference this year in Napoli with Spalletti. Napoli this year, I see a more mature team that knows when to press the, the, uh, the, the foot on the gas and when to put the game to sleep for a few minutes hmm. and then readapt again, reorganize, and then Good start point. over yeah. again. Yeah. Identify the opponent's weaknesses and hit him at the right time. And Ludo, 100%, because I feel like last season, uh, with this team coming off a midweek game, this I don't think they really could have won this game. They conceded. Uh, they didn't look good at all. Um, they had heavy feet. It looks like they were tired, didn't want to be on the pitch. But once, if you have a play like Oshima, first of all, with that speed, and you can, you can only stop him by fouling him, you, you uh, scored the equalizer before halftime. And then second half, uh, Napoli could have won by uh, two or three goals. They, they played amazing. So that switch really told me a lot about this Napoli side, saying, wow, Spalletti might be on a different level than we've seen uh, from previous coaches with Napoli uh, that season. So to me, I do feel like, as you said, uh, Napoli did mature. My only question for you is, do you think Spalletti with this team, which I feel like he has a lot of depth, do you see them... Um, fighting toe-to-toe -to -toe with the other teams uh, in the last match days rather than just dipping off how we've seen in the past after the winter? Can it be consistent? Well, That's it's a all, question. well it, it all depends. It all depends that, first of all, as a team, you need to remain healthy. Everyone needs to be on the same page that mm -hmm. you need to relax at a certain time and, and, and change players and, and change players around. And you, you have to be on the same, you, you have to be on the same page all around in the locker room, the players, even Insigne has a lot to do with that. He's, he's a major role in this in this Napoli team. 100%. So it's a lot of factors that go whether you're going to go all the way. It all depends what you you, you got to remain healthy. But do you, you see something different healthy. is what I'm saying from the first eight I rounds do. to last I do. I do see a lot of difference. Okay. I, like I said before, I see Napoli adapting to the okay. opponent. Napoli starting the opponent, their weaknesses, knows when to put the game to, to sleep. And I feel that Spalletti has this uh, gift. Not every coach has yeah. a, a gift like Spalletti to change the team on the fly, read the game really well, and make the necessary changes. Even when they come off the bench. Look at Politano yesterday, the first 30 minutes. You couldn't stop him because he was fresh. He's, he's in shape. So and fast. now who do you start? Lozano and Politano. But they both need to understand you're both starters. Yeah. You play Wednesday, you play Sunday. But I would even go to the point that I feel Spalletti has really embraced the Napoli culture 
I mean, there's certain things even in, in his press conferences that he's said that has been, I think, pinpoint to the Napoli fan base mm. and Napoli in general as a city against the northern teams, against the more powerful teams. And he's really understood that. Um, let's not forget, Spalletti had uh, literally a two-year break where he did not coach a team. And I think over this time, he's kind of uh, adjusted his craft, been able to read games, understand games, taking a little break and sitter. And I think not just Napoli choosing Spalletti, I think Spalletti also chose Napoli as I a team. And he had six months, like we said yeah. before, because he, he was signed in yeah. January, six months That's to study the culture, the team, the players. Exactly. Awesome. So I think he has the capabilities to do well with this team. Obviously, we have. To, I don't think he's going to have a run of, of what we've seen so far. There's going to be some rough patches. But I think um, overall, he is a, a great coach. Um, we, we tend to remember him at Inter. He had to deal with some tough mm -hmm. situations with that Inter, changing of the ownership, the Icardi debacle. Oh, so yeah. he really knows how to do it. He also had problems with Roma, with Totti. So there's a lot of history there that... Uh, we have to see what happens throughout the year. But I think with this Napoli team, he's going to do well. Um, and we, we tend to forget when he had Roma in back in the early 2000s, um, that Roma team went pound for pound with, with Inter for a long time. And, and they, they played a fantastic version of football. I think he's able to do the same thing with this Napoli team. And, and he's um, got the, I just want to cut him quickly. Uh, he had the most points in Roma's history as a coach. Yeah. So that's another huge Who scares achievement. you more? Who scares you more? Um, Milan or Napoli? The only reason why I say Milan, ah, and there's there's only one reason, is because of Ibrahimovic. The only thing is so Ibrahimovic. You're terrified no, of no, you, I'm you're not, scared of a forty-year-old. You, you have nightmares about Ibrahimovic. No, no. The, right? the, the thing, <laughs> well, the first part is he has to stay on the field. That's the only thing. You're scared of your That's former not player. But it's not easy. But if you look at that Milan team, there's players that have won before. If you look at the Napoli team, aside from Insigne winning the the Euros, there's no player that has actually won. Milan, you know, you have Ibrahimovic, you have Giroud, you have, uh, you know, even Magnon, to a certain extent, last year won the French Championship. So, I don't know. Just just for that reason, I would say Milan. But I don't, you know, like Ludo, like Ludo said, right <laughs> it's 50-50. I, I think it's still a little bit early to really say, okay, this is the, the, the fighting team. But then I just want to say about Italiano, just to make a comment about Italiano. He plays a modern version of, of the game. This is the game that we that a lot of people want to see, the high press, the high uh, energy. And I agree with Ludo. He has to be able to understand that you can do it at certain times in the game and you have to be able to, to settle and, and control the game. And he hasn't been able to, to do that so far. He's either won or he's lost. Um, and I think... Against Inter and Napoli, two yeah. identical games. Yeah. Yeah. First half against Inter, first but half I, I against Napoli, that, identical. I think there's also, there's also a point that we haven't really realized, or maybe it's a point that we haven't thought about so much. Five substitutions makes a big difference in the modern game compared to three substitutions. But also who you have on the bench. Exactly. Who you bring So again. when you have Napoli, Inter, Milan, Juventus, these, guys, these teams have teams, a lot of depth. And Fiorentina, unfortunately... Do not have those substitutions. They might be able to make one, two mm -hmm. quality substitutions, but then the rest, it's like you know, you're scratching your head. I don't know who to mm -hmm. put. Who can we? We can't go pound for pound five substitutions. And I think that's also a factor that Fiorentina loses out on, or these smaller teams lose out on towards the last, um, you know, stages of the games. And that's also another reason I think 
that there's been a lot more goals scored in this mm-hmm. Serie A or maybe For in real. football in general because you have fresh legs, new substitutions, and the, the game is, is, is consistently on a higher level. And well, it's also the club, Fiorentina's goal is, even the president said it, the coach said it, they want to finish the left side mm-hmm. of the standings. I mean, for those viewers that probably do not understand what we're trying to say, in Italy, the, the, the standings usually, the way they have it on the newspapers, they show like half of the teams on the left and half the teams on the right side. It's not like here from top to bottom mm-hmm. uh, um, vertically. So Fiorentina's goal this year is to finish on the left side of the uh, of the uh, of the table of the uh, of Top the standing. Positions. So for Italiano is matter of it's it's a transition year yeah. to start. Then of course mm-hmm. next year they will buy a couple of players. They will make some uh, uh, some changes. But I think Fiorentina's goal not this season but next season to make it at least to Europa League or the for other conference league guys. Yeah. The yeah. other conference. Unfortunately, uh, the conference we cannot uh, end the conversation uh, just here with Fiorentina Napoli. Uh, we had a bad incident again uh, at the end of the match with uh, with Koulibaly and Angisa, where there were more racism uh, in Serie A towards them. Um, I saw I saw a tweet that I that I liked, which which kind of expresses that how happened I also feel. with the Milan player, the goalkeeper, the Mignon. week before. Yeah, that was with. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Again, right, yeah. again, it happened again this round, uh, which said like just because you love uh, Serie A doesn't mean that you love it unconditionally or you love it at all costs. There are certain aspects that we don't like. Uh, great, great job from Koulibaly too, again mm-hmm. on, on on Twitter, um, to, to point it out and to exactly point out who it is. The only thing that we say, we keep reiterating for us, ban for life. You find Absolutely. the person, yep. ban them for life. There's no one strike. There is no two strike. It is one and done. Adios. We never see you again. You are not allowed... Not even in just Fiorentina Stadium. You're not allowed at any stadium. And it's very good that... But any stadium should be in Europe. Yeah, yeah. I it agree. should not be anywhere. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You're not allowed in... You know the name you're going to do all. it in, uh, in yeah. Italy... No, no sporting events at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. I would never let idiots have to be... Have to stay away from the... Uh, from the field, from the... And from the state. I hope I hope it trickles down. I know I heard uh, Joe Barone and Comiso. They already they, they already put up they about it. Yeah, the, uh, and I hope that 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 level just keeps trickling down, and we actually take action, and we can ban this, and we can start hopefully going towards a better direction. Uh, but I'm very proud of Koulibaly also as a man, just for everything that he stands. He's for. a leader on and off the. Uh, oh, yeah. I love the guy, yeah. King King uh, King Koulibaly is King what, what we're gonna what we're gonna call him over here. Uh, so we hope for that. Let's talk about a team that uh, I wanted to bring up, you know, since we're talking about Napoli, uh, Lazio, you know, with Sardi. I want to get your thoughts on this. My gosh. And this is why I wish my dad was here. I don't know what happened. Look, he didn't show up. Look, he, he kept saying, we oh, didn't wait. We're saying no way. Yeah, it's 6.50 right now. He's terrified. It's, it's after a standings. Lazio I'm won. telling you, he doesn't want to get lost. Lazio in second place. They lost 3-0 to Bologna <laughs> in the early match. Uh, Sadi after the match was saying that um, he said it's not an excuse, but we're the only team in the Europa League to play 61 hours uh, after after. Our well, he used to say the same things in uh, in Napoli, but the thing is with Bologna and Mialovic, when you wake up on game day and you're playing against Bologna, you never know which Bologna is going to come out. And the past two three games, Bologna played. Disgusting. I mean, Mialovic probably goals kicked conceded correct. in three games. Mialovic probably kicked everybody's ass in the locker room one by one. <laughs> yeah. over, turn around, face the, uh, the wall. face your little booth, you know, where you change, and he kicked everyone <laughs> oh, in the end. So you, you need it. I mean, it was about time. It was this week. It was Lazio, but I think if it would have been another team, 
you would have been you would have seen a Bologna on on fire. They had to prove something, and also Mialovic had to see for himself: Do these guys still want me, mm. or they want me to go? Ah, so that was an answer that a, a question that he wanted to go. Do you guys, if you guys want me, show me that you want me still. Mm. If you want me to go, then go out there, play like you played the last couple of weeks. Mm. And on Monday morning, I called the president and said, listen, I'm gone. I resign. Now, now for so you. So the team stands with, you know, they, they're with me out. The, the they coach, came out on fire. Yeah. And it was Lazio that paid the consequences. But I think it could have been uh, anybody else. Now for you, um, since you know Sadi very well, um, I know he was without Chido Immobile. He complained about certain things. Do you see some of the, the similar things? Because this is what everybody was saying online about Sadi being Sadi. With after the match, with with excuses, and we're gonna fight the league, and we're gonna do this and that. Do you see similar things from him? Well, Sari is a Sari is a maniac. Sari lives uh, uh, on soccer seven days a week, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. He sleeps, he eats, he's always studying uh, Sari, and he studies his opponent to to death. But now, what I think people still have uh, in the back of their minds is, oh, Sari, we're gonna see the Napoli uh, style of culture. It's not going to happen again. That was a Why? perfect roster Why? with perfect technical players with great technical huh. abilities. Has a great quality team, feet, but not the same quality feet Why that not? Napoli the is great. that he inherited from, from, from Benitez. So you're never going to see that style of play the way you saw in Napoli where you had 70, 80% possession and 70, 80% playing on the half of the opponents. You That's can't argue that, that the midfield of this Lazio is better than the midfield well, of it's Napoli? It's not only the midfield. It's how you come up ball... Uh, on your feet from 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 the back. I mean, defensively, all around, I agree. The way, you. the way. But attack yeah. wise, I mean, their attack is amazing. They got Chiro Mobile who scores. I don't know how many goals. He's fantastic. They got Felipe Anderson and Pedro. Pedro. The midfield Iguain. is amazing. Older, okay, older but guys. he's Iguain level. He scores not, thirty not goals. In techni- not technically. Okay, but he can still score you he thirty goals. goals he's, so he's how's it, how come it's not the same? Because you need in order for Sarri to have his way, his style of play, which will never be identical to Napoli. Like it was not identical in Chelsea, it was not identical in Juventus. It, it's not going to happen again. That cycle with those type of of players, you need time to adapt to Sarri. Remember, his practices are extremely boring and repetitive drills. Day after day, afternoon after afternoon, they're repetitive. And players do get tired of Saturday way of, of coaching or understanding uh, the game. Remember, he was, it, it all happened the last moment. Uh, Inzaghi leaving and going to, uh, to Inter, he didn't have enough time to study the team and, and the players to say, oh, I need this guy, I need that guy, buy me this, buy me that. This guy's not good for my... You, you didn't have time to mm. adapt to all that, so you have to give the guy, the 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 guy time to. Uh, but I would also say that Sadi, even when he w- first came to Napoli, if you remember those first six months, yeah, Napoli were terrible. We lost, I think, the first second, uh, uh, the first uh, second, uh, the the first two three games, I believe we, yeah, we uh, I, I, we lost. And I remember everybody wanted Sadi out, and then they hit stride, and then the following year they had the year that they had, and and so on. And the rest is history. So I think Saudi and his style and his repetitiveness and his and the way that he wants his teams to play, it takes time. You know, it, it's gonna it's gonna be a while before you actually start seeing Lazio doing the the kind of patterns or the passing that he mm-hmm. wants. You'll see 
at times because the team is pretty good in the in the midfield. They have some great midfielders technically, so you'll see at times that they'll be able to play what Saudi wants. But it's not going to be a game uh, a memoria, right? It's not going to be the 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 drill that he wants and he and he wants to see over and over again. Yet or ever. Yet, because I think with Lazio, if you make the decision to get Saudi, you can't make the same mistake that Juventus made. Yeah. For that sure. you get rid of him after a year. You have to give him the second year. That's just that's just the reality of Saudi. Now we also had questions because I, I discussed in the, uh, before. Uh, you know, Juric and Italiano. These guys in one month they've transformed Change. the teams that they've had. But let's not forget they are looking at it in a different manner. It's not the, the same tactical approach that the Saudi takes. That it. they have, of course. You know, Italiano and Juric is the high pressure, high intensity. So these are things that. You can work on because it's all about the type of training that you do, the physical physical work, the running, and keeping your team in, in top shape, and then just learning the patterns of how to press and how to win the ball back, and then play the ball to to the strikers. Ludo, where do you think they're gonna finish, Lazio? I'm just wondering. First year Saturday, Lazio. I would say between third and fifth. Third and fifth. What an open bracket. That's pretty bracket. high. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. three, I, I, three and four are very different than well, yeah, five. Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. Two, two of them are champions. That's though. high. I mean, I I, mean okay. That's I, different. That's probably higher than I would put them. I would probably put them in fifth or sixth. I, actually, I actually had a question that uh, I wanted to ask you guys in terms of this Lazio. I feel like I've been a, a big a big advocate of Lazio the past few seasons, and I feel like they, they've they let me down. We I feel like we always talk about, not just us, but everyone, how great this Lazio midfield is with Luis Alberto, uh, Savic, uh, Leva. Are they considered that world-class, that extremely good midfield if they only show up one third of their games all season. I think they're also their their defense does not help them at all. One of the big things that I was saying coming into this year is I hated the defense. That was the reason why okay. I did not have Lazio in the Champions League and and why when they were talking about the Scudetto and people were talking about that, I said there's no way because the most defensive team will win. And I think that hurts your midfield as well. And I okay. agree with you that they need to be more consistent. But I think that maybe not i for me savic and luis alberto they they are world class they're at that level that if you pop them into any team in europe uh they'll they'll be there and i don't i don't really judge them uh at the moment and and savic has been a player that maybe if he had a different president in lazio he might have been at a, a different team but we've always seen just very hard but we always seen glimpses of, of savic like oh he's so good but i feel like there, there's so many games that he fades. Not just him. Like I said, the whole... It's hard in that team, though, as well. well why is it hard it's in that a, team? Because Lazio does have, the same thing. They have thing. a couple canoniere. The Lazio uh, does the same they thing, though. They have a great squad overall. The, the team overall fades a lot, and they're very hot and cold. And I, we expected this. We said six, seven months, you're not even going to look at Lazio's team because they need time under Sadi. So I'm not judging them now. The, the defense, it's not that I'm judging the defense now. I know the defense become, coming into the season, that do it made no sense. And I tried to be getting the red card to miss against Inter. Yeah. It's so yeah, unprofessional from him, him who's yeah. supposed to be an experienced player. And again, in the moment, you could lose your head. But that is very poor from him. And overall, that is not going to work. They'll take time. Pepe Reina screwed up on two of the goals. Stracosha has done some stuff uh, also in in the Europa Conf- League. Oh, yeah. Europa, Europa League. Europa, Europa. Uh, that, that is, that is uh, embarrassing. But again, like Peter said... Sadi's got a, a position at Lazio where it's not like a Juventus. You're going to get the time. You should be able to get the time because you're not expected to win right away. Speaking about a, a coach that looks like he went back to his roots, uh, Max Allegri and Juventus, a 1-0 win against Torino in the, the derby. 
The last like uh, three games, I think that we've seen, it looks like the the old of uh, of Allegri, where you just get a one zero win, counter attack, let the other team you know do whatever they want to do, but you go home with the win. Speaking about the game against Chelsea and then the one against Torino, Torino, as we've already said so many times, we're, we're like a broken record that Juric has completely transformed this team. Uh, absolutely agree, and you almost felt bad for them that they ended up losing the game because they played such a great match. I don't remember in recent memory. I don't remember ever watching this game because in the past 20 years, Torino's only won once. I don't remember Torino ever pressing Juventus. Like, I don't remember that being a thing. Uh, but Juventus did what, what they did, and uh, and Locatelli scored the game winner. As we had mentioned earlier, the honestly, the only midfielder of Juventus that's capable of scoring. I mean, you watch Rabiot and McKenney, and they're very disappointing. It has to be said. I know McKenney did very good in the start of last season, but he has not shown in that same form. He had three shots that were just absolute blunders. And considering that Locatelli's the regista, and Rabiot and McKinney are supposed to be the guys that push up, yeah. they're the ones that should be you know, shooting more on target and being able to bring goals to Juventus, yet they aren't. Locatelli, Locatelli is, a, uh, is a great player. And just to uh, go back to what we said before, the uh, Osiman, the Lozano, and we were talking about someone else. I mean, Locatelli, who we talked about? Tonale. Tonale. Right. Locatelli, the same, the same exact thing. You have to give him time in order to adapt to the shirt, to the culture, to Juventus. Not everybody adapts uh, quickly like Chiesa did last year. That immediately he paid dividends, mm. and that's the only Juventus player that he was that was purchased that paid dividends immediately. That was able to adapt right away to the city, to the culture. To the, to the legacy even of, six the, months, of so the Juventus. I think even in the beginning, people were questioning Chiesa because Kulseski was Correct. starting. So but even he pay, took a couple right. of months. Now, the, the, the play that you just mentioned, the same. it's been already the second year, and there are a few current players. It's not that they're disappointing. They're not Juventus players. Who? Well, you just mentioned Rabiot, uh, McKenny, and a couple of others. They're not Juventus players players. Mm -hmm. They're not for that Juventus team. Just look at the midfielder that Juventus has now and the midfielders that they had a couple a few years ago when they reached the final of the Champions League. Compare those names, those players, the quality that they had and the mentality they had on the field. And now you you do the math. I mean Pirlo, Marquisio, yeah. Pogba. Vidal. You had right. You had midfielders with Gente con le. Right. <laughs> Correct. That that meant now this this team Certainty and Juventus, I feel they keep putting patches, patches, yeah. patches, patches. So now Juventus, uh, uh, Allegri was was hired, but I guess Allegri this time said, okay, you want me back? I accept, but don't tell me what to do. Mm. I run the show. I substitute who I want to substitute, when and how. Don't tell me how to do things. Mm. And Juventus said, yes, you have that. Uh, you have that green light. So it's probably a transitional year. But Juventus needs players. But of course, they're in debt. They don't have the money to buy players. Look how long it took to buy Locatelli. <laughs> it was all summer. Right. It was virtually I mean, it was all three, summer. It was three, four months because they, they, no, they, they have no money. And look how they purchased Chiesa. How many years they have to pay? It's like three years, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, three, four years for Comiso to see. Not even the bank loan. To see, uh, correct, <laughs> to, see, to see the money. So a lot of things that are, are, are changing. A lot of, Juventus needs to change and not just put a band-aid mm. 
on on uh, on every year. I'd agree with you that. You have a point on that. I just wanted to add that um, this match was determined. I feel like by a moment of brilliance, just like when Ronaldo was there. Locatelli scored at the end. I think Juric was doing great in terms of pressing. Didn't really let Juve have too many chances. Uh, the reason where I saw where I, uh, I was like, oh, Juric is scared. When he ended up taking out Sanabria and putting in uh, Baselli, and I was like, why would you do that? He was that, missing players, though. Yeah, he's missing players. Be fair to him. But Belosti. by sitting the uh, parking the bus last 15 minutes when it was a pretty even game, I'd say, overall, by doing that... Uh, Belotti that, and Piazza, that kinda, that's the other guy. Yeah. yeah Belotti, Piazza, and Zaza. That welcomed, that welcomed saying, okay, I, uh, we'll be happy with the point and stuff like that. But before that, Torino played very good. It could have went... Uh, Either way, overall, but um, I want to see how long this Allegri philosophy will last because I still don't think Allegri could pull off what he did a few years ago when he was uh, hired by Juventus. It's only a matter of time till the wheels fall off of this thing. The writing is to the last years ago, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't think Serie A was a different. Yeah. And I don't think he could pull it off. He had players. He had players. The teams that, that year, there were oh, only yeah. two teams. That had any uh, Napoli and Juve. Yes, against Chelsea, Chiesa mm-hmm. scored the winner, an Italian. Mm-hmm. Against Torino, again an Italian. Both both with the assists too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Bernadeschi for Chiesa, Italian to Italian. This time Chiesa to Locatelli, an Italian. How has Chiesa stepped up and become the most important player at Juventus? Yes, and it shouldn't be, but yes. Why shouldn't it be? I think so, well, too. The player that should step up and be the real leader is Dybala. Or Morata. Dybala, Dybala, Morata is, is, a, is a side this. piece. Morata can score you the goals, but he's keep not going, your leader. Um, Dybala is La Joya. He's the one that can play. He's the one that can is supposed to be your star player. He's wearing the number 10, and he hasn't stepped up. But obviously, last year was a difficult year with injuries and, and so on. And then this year, he's gotten out again. Um, but I think... Chiesa uh, has stepped up. He's a player that, unfortunately, is criticized sometimes by Allegri. I don't know if it's a maybe a psychological thing to try to see what type of reaction Chiesa might right. might have. Um, but he's a player that I think, even with, he with Fiorentina, he's a nonstop oh, yeah. worker. He's, he wants he to be the, the best of the best, and he has you know, that. He, yeah, ability. and he has that tenacity to always go. He's a, he's an energizer he's an bunny. Energy. Um, and I think we, we had the discussion and, uh, you know, Allegri has been able to put him a little closer to the goal. And I think you're going to get the output because with Fiorentina, for example, Yakini, he had him playing in a three, five, two as the wide midfielder, Correct. having to track back, play the Correct. whole, all that energy is wasted. Right. That made no sense. And you have a guy that takes a man on. One v one cuts in and, 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 yeah. and shoots. He dribbles and, everybody. And, and we saw Correct. even within Italy. I mean, he was one of the sparks for, for the, the Italy team. Um, so you like him as a striker? I like him as a second striker, as a winger. I think his close best position is, is, like is, like is a 4-3-3. Well, not right. Second striker. Well, he's a second striker or he's a winger. I like that he can become a center forward. I for think me, it's only not for now. Center forward. I agree center with forward, you, Marco. No, I oh. think... There's Kedana. Get in, get in, get in. He has that, uh, he has that burst of speed. Uh, could take on a man 1v1. He has that quickness. He keeps the ball very close to his uh, the, uh, to his feet. Mm-hmm. He shoots in very tight mm-hmm. spaces when you least least expect it. And he has great vision of the uh, of the goal. He smells the net from far away. Mike, center forward or right wing? Or left no, wing, whatever. I can't see him. Dybala as a... Not a sh- Dybala. 
Chiesa. I can't see. Uh, what is it? I can't see Chiesa up there. Uh, he fits perfectly on that right wing. I feel like he he can cut in. He draws so many players. He can send in a great cross. And I just think whenever I see him there, yeah, either the right wing or the left wing, because I didn't really think he could play on the left wing either. But he's he can he can easy. interchangeably he can play as long there as he also. He doesn't have the defensive work to do. But, there's been times that he's played him as a midfielder, and you see Allegri screaming at him to track back. And and for me, I say no, don't let yeah. this guy track back. Let him stay higher yeah. up and let him attack. Use your energy for that because the guy runs. You could get double he, digits he, goals from yeah. uh, from uh, Chiesa in a, in a season. He can outpace everyone. Which is so funny because so a couple years players. ago we were criticizing him because he didn't score goals for Fiorentina. Yeah, exactly. One guy that I, I have to say I'm I'm disappointed in is Moise Keane. I do not like his link-up play as a striker. He's for very me, secluded. For me, he gets the ball, and he's not linking well with the other striker at yeah. the moment. He's explosive. There are times, I mean, he could beat his man. He does a nice dribble. He go towards goal. He could work on his finishing a little bit. But my, my bigger point is that when you're playing him with two strikers, you watch Morata. Morata's link-up play as a number nine is way better than Moise Keane's. And that's a big concern for me on how is he going to... If you pair him with Chiesa, if you pair him with Dybala, whoever it is, he doesn't link up well. You have to give him time. It goes back to what we were okay. saying before. You have yeah, yeah. to give him time. And look why he came to Juventus and who he has to substitute. That's true. He has competition. That's a big responsibility on your shoulder for, at, yeah. at, at that age. For sure. It's a big responsibility who he's replacing. You know, the place of... The, the the Ronaldo that but just in that technical left. terms, I mean, like I, I think I think that that's one of the qualities. Well, he needs I agree. To he's, Again, you need he's time still gonna develop in order to that. adapt, you and you need time to. Yeah, no, you need the time to adapt. But I think also his qualities is not that. His qualities is his speed, is a, is a uh, physicality, his ability to make runs. He's not going to be the guy to link up. Morata is more of a technical yeah. player, more of as a bigger striker. Nine. Trying to so, play him like that. Well, the thing is, is because that's the game that that you need to that you need to play. You need to have some sort of link up, but. He's he. I don't know if he's ever going to be the top number nine that Juventus were, were making him out to be. Mm. You know, two three years ago when you know, or else they wouldn't have sold him to Everton. I don't think he's a twenty goal uh, scorer. No. But right. at the end of the day, how much time Juve. at PSG? Oh, well, let's not goals. let's not yeah, act PSG, like but, he's versing okay. nobody, and he's yeah, got a supporting cast. The supporting cast that give him, they, they give Rentes. the ball. If, if anything, they can give him a fork and knife. And I mean, look, he, <laughs> when's the last time Keane had consistent <laughs> consistent games, consistent minutes? At the end of the day, for every strike, you need that confidence oh, yes. playing consistently. You, you, have, to, you have to go and time. I agree. And he's a kid. I'm only. I don't know. I'm not criticizing. I'm just noticing the quality. What I'm saying is that the quality. If Allegri's playing him as that number nine, that needs to play the ball back and link up. For me, that's not his quality. That's not his no. good quality. That's You're just what I'm saying. Use him for out. what he's best at. I think Morata's way better at that. I think that Allegri's main goal this year, and based on what Juventus told them, Juventus said Allegri. Don't relegate this us. This year. We want you, <laughs> your job is basically to identify in the future who belongs in Juventus and who does not belong mm. in Juventus. Who can play for this team and wear the shirt and who cannot. That's what I think Allegri now has to determine this season. Which players can stay, that he sees something in them mm -hmm. for the future to go back to the Juventus of the uh, uh, previous years. Remember, Juventus now is still relying on the old uh, players, on certain players that have been around for, for many, many years. So now what's the future going to look like? Mm -hmm. Who belongs there 
and who has to go next season. Do they really need Allegri to be able to tell them? I, I mean, well, I think, Allegri, I think Allegri we're, we're have, saying Allegri it like three years ago. Allegri does have the, uh, you know, does have the experience. He has the Juventus no, background, it, the it. mentality. He's it, been yeah. with that club. He, he reached yeah. finals. He wants yeah, to that. He's been, he has the, you know, the communicative uh, uh, skills. And he said it a couple of times. He I, said I, these guys I, want to play for you. And I think also his, his style of play doesn't necessarily mean the top need the top players. Because he can sit back and defend, and he'll be able to manage or scrap, you know, through with Great some against results. Chelsea. Well, the thing oh, is, yeah. versus Chelsea, that that's Allegri's game to a T. Mm-hmm. Sit back, Work wait perfectly. on the counter, and I think he'll have more success in Champions League I because agree. he's not meant to be the aggressor in Champions League. He's going to be the team to sit uh, back and wait and sense. pounce. Whereas in Serie A, he might have a little bit more difficulty because. The top teams are always going to give. I mean, the, the smaller teams are always going to give problems to the bigger teams. Um, you know, Juventus have a certain pressure to have to win, and um, and I think he's going to lose out on that. And I think also during a 38 game season, you don't have the same team defensively that you had five years ago or whatever it was, where you can come back and, and win any game. So can I jump in on that because uh, that's interesting what you said. Welcome, by the way. Oh, Welcome to you. the podcast. Good evening. Good. We're, we're, we're Would you like a drink? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, have a, we have a model. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike, you want to grab a yeah, model? Yeah, I need I, a drink. I, I, I would want to do something, by the way, real quick. Uh, just just for you, uh, Ludo, in the meantime, while, while we get Gaetano's thoughts, I want you to give us your one through seven if you can, or at least one through four. First, second, third, and fourth place. You know what I'm saying? No, no you know not now, not now, not now. Think about it. Think about it. Think no, about it. No, we all did one through seven. Or one <laughs> I know, but we, we also and then whoever goes and says, "If you but can," going if you back can. to what you said, uh, and, yes, and uh, I uh, I listened to what Allegri said. Allegri said, "Every player that comes to Juventus, technically they are all good. In order for you to be selected to come to Juventus, you have to be technically great. Otherwise." you would not come to a great team. So what does, uh, he says, what can you teach now these players in order to improve them? And he said, what we need to do, and he put somebody like, um, he says somebody like Rabiot. What can you do to for Rabiot? Because Rabiot has got some, some some technique, he's got technically very good. Sometimes you could see he takes off he goes, nice we shot. have to work. Uh, Salute. Mike, you drink? No. Salute. So, it is the mental, is it the <laughs> mental state of a player that when a player comes uh, and he goes to play, what does he want to do in this game? Does he want to score a goal? Does he want, How many goals did Rabiot score in the last two years? He said Very maybe... Few. Very few, maybe five a season. I'll Why? Huh? I'll get it for you. Yeah, maybe five a season. It's at ten in the last two years. But when a player starts the game, and you get into the in into the uh, uh, that that game, what do you want to do in this game? Do you want to score a goal? But then, if you want to score a goal, you have to be you have to go inside the area and you have to take some shots from outside. And the shots that you take from outside, they got to be on goal, not all the way right. up. So your concentration, the, the run that you make if you want to score a goal, those are all things that you have to think oh, yeah. and you have to be able to do it. And that's what he's trying to get out of a player. Hey, you here, I, do you want to stay here or do you want to leave? Because if you, 
and he has said this too many times to the midfielders. Hey, the midfielders got to score. Hey, I need 10 goals from you. I need 10 goals from you, from the midfielders. But they don't. So That don't anger in the guts. Right. That's missing. Yes. Yeah. For and certain the purpose. Yes. I think it's also the purpose. What, right. what is your purpose as Juventus? Yeah. Do you feel... And, and what do you want to leave when you one day you leave, you leave uh, as a player? What do you want people to to think about you, the, w the kind of player that you were. So those are all things that he's working on. To your point, uh, his first season, Rabiot scored one goal. His second season, he scored four. And this season so far, he scored zero. Okay. So five goals. So five goals. Two so years. Even yeah. worse. And, and so even worse. Damn, he, he's blown up a spot. Even <laughs> no, worse. I, we're just saying the stats. <laughs> yeah. like we're literally but, just and the according stats. to him, Rabiot has got <laughs> the stuff to do it. But going back to what Gaetano was saying before and emphasizing a little bit what he said. I want to talk about Dybala for two minutes. And I, I agree with him about coming to Juventus. And I feel that Dybala is the type of player, I think he's mentally very weak. Meaning that Dybala feels that, oh, Juventus is not giving me responsibility. I don't have any responsibility. I don't feel important on the team. He goes, in, he goes in depression. If Juventus goes to Dybala and says, listen, you are, un, you are a man to go to. Now you have the responsibility. You're the main man. We are building a team around you for the future. Now he feels the responsibility and he also goes into, he cannot handle the pressure. The pressure. I think the second but he also, the opposite. It's That's the way I feel it. He just needs to be caught well, like you he want hasn't him, had right? Only a couple games yeah, in, he and he got injured. Chance, he got but in the beginning, he well, started. How long has he been in Juventus, though? Yeah, I but mean, even, I meant this yeah, one. If you're it, saying that the pressure, yeah, is but for even him. before in the, in the years, remember versus Barcelona. I mean, DiBala single-handedly yeah, beat them, beat that Barcelona yeah. team, and he had great seasons. He had one season that he had like with Allegri, sixteen goals with Allegri. It's flashes of brilliance, but that's why I think Ludo's saying. But what Ludo said at the end, the being consistent. Yeah. Okay, but this year leadership. Allegri Wallace. told them, I agree. this is your team. That's what he did. Give them the number 10. Yeah. yeah. He said, this is your team. And everybody's got to go through Dybala. So now he's got the responsibility. Now we got to see now we what have happens. To see if he he's a coach. That. That's why he was crying when he got hurt. Because now if he keeps, he keeps getting hurt. This is a very important season for yeah. Dybala. Yeah. Right. No, this, this is, is, a, this is almost like a make or break yeah. season nah. for Dybala, yeah. in my yeah. opinion. Well, I think also when Juventus signed him, he was... You know, obviously he had the number ten. Then you have Cristiano Ronaldo that comes in and steals the show, and rightfully so. He's the best, one of the best players in the world. So there was also question. Remember when Sadi was there that they couldn't figure out a way to have Cristiano Ronaldo and DiBala play on the same field. How can they don't they, they don't work fit. together? Yeah. They don't stuff. And then last year, same thing with injuries and stuff. So he's been a shadow of himself. And I think for Serie A, for Juventus especially, he needs to step up. So you were talking uh, real, real quick because I don't want to. You were talking about um, Chiesa being a center forward. That's what Allegri said that he could see him as. Mm. Okay. What do you think? Well, I think, I think he could be a center forward. Really? Yeah, because if he plays as a center, he always beats his man, right? So by being a center forward, he's closer to the goal. If he beats one man, it's going to be one on one with the goalkeeper. So that's the only thing that I see because he's fast. He mm. beats his man. The most difficult thing to do in soccer is to beat your man. And there are very few players that can beat the man. And, and uh, that's what makes the difference. And that's what creates the, 
unbalance on the other team. Yeah. Once you be your man, now you know the players. Another Shift. player has to come to you, and yeah. then that player is free. And if you're smart, you give it to the free man, and now things happen. He's gonna have less one, space one, there. Yeah, yeah. One pushback yeah. I would give is that maybe on the right side or the left side, There's only he's got player. a little bit more space where a lot yeah. of the times, the way that he beats his man, and yes, he's right. a great dribbler, but he pushes the ball forward and right. because he's so explosive, he can beat that. Right. But maybe if he plays as a center forward, he's got a guy that's marking him a little right. bit. But, but you, else, but you can give him a try and see if it okay. works. I think Gaetano yeah. saying I more. personally, I see as Kies as a very explosive uh, uh, player. I do not see him as a center forward no. because the, the as a center forward, like Gaetano said, okay, you can beat the man 1v1, but also it will be part of the game where you have to play your back to the mm-hmm. keeper. You have to receive the ball and hold it and wait mm-hmm. until the team comes up yeah. for support. So now yeah. when Kiesa yeah. has the back to the keeper and he receives the ball, now, most of the time, these forwards, what do they do? They have to pass the ball back. I don't see, I think, I see Chiesa more as a trequartista, receiving the ball, looking at the net, or so you say, where can I dribble? To the left and cut in, or to the right and cut in, and take that shot oh. from the outside. Oh. I just don't see him as a, oh. I don't see him as He's a center He's never forward. played that role, so I'm sure it's something that he'll have to work on. And as a number nine, that's when you're gonna have your back to the goal. As a winger, you're never going to have that. Even as a second striker, you're never going to really play that that way. So I, I think based on his technical ability, he was able to do it. He's not going to be a Luca Toni type of player that can hold up the ball and, and get fouled and and, yeah. and be the best number nine. I think in a, in a time of need, he right. can fit that role. Yeah. But he's better suited on the wing or as a second striker. When you create for me, the for numbers. His ability, when you create the numbers attacking, but, you have but, more but, numbers but, than the opposing but, team. But like you said, in, in a time of need, I think he's better than uh, Moise Keane. Yeah, I agree. I agree because he's I think fast. He made the, I, yeah, I think <laughs> he made the right decision uh, to leave Moise Keane and put him there. Allegri substitutions, I will say, he, his substitutions have been way better. So, uh, going back to Allegri, uh, uh, Pereira, if you guys remember, mm-hmm. he made him a mezzala. Uh, Quadrado, he made him a fullback. Um, so now uh, uh, Chiesa is trying to, to make him a. a uh, is trying to make him a, a center forward. As long as he doesn't make him a fullback. <laughs> and there was another player. I forget now. They've done he, it with so many. Yeah, he changes. Um, the kid could score. Chiesa and, can score. And, and he has work. So you know, Azam, he has, no, did he do Azamo or was that Conte? It might have been Conte, Conte, Conte. Did, who moved him. There was somebody else. There was somebody else. Yeah, he's known for that. He's known for like moving players, just like in different positions. Right. I mean, Danilo Mandzukic. Mandzukic. Uh, ah, that's Mandzukic. right. Oh, that was from a winger. That's right. That was the player the that I forgot. Mandzukic. You know, the guy was a center forward. He played him on the left, and he played the, good there. The guy was going <laughs> up and down. He played a fullback, and then he would go up and right. give an assist. Right. That's when they purchased Higuain. Right. So yeah. Higuain took Manzuki's place, and he basically Higuain was running was running a mile a game, and Manzuki was doing eleven miles a game. Yeah, crazy. So we basically we talked about everything except Roma. For we, you know, we can start with Roma, but then I want you to give your maybe like two three things that you noticed from this year. Since you didn't go through, we you didn't you weren't with us for all the games. Maybe take a couple teams and how you felt about them. But we'll start with Roma now since it's the only team that we didn't talk. They beat Empoli 2-0, so it's not too much of a talking point. But yeah. I like that Pellegrini, who I renewed mean, until 2026, scores. he scored, right. and there's no midfielder in, in the Europe's top five leagues that scoring more goals right. than Pellegrini. I mean, this guy is everywhere. 
I see him taking a free kick. I see him heading the ball in. I see him scoring a goal. I mean, I see him on the left side, on the right side. I mean, this guy is everywhere. Um, and that's good also for the national team because mm. he can really give it that. Uh, so, and he scores goals. So I was really, um, yeah, I, uh, uh, Mourinho, I think he's very happy to have him uh, as part of the squad. Oh, yeah. He um, said he wants a, He said he wishes he could have 11 of them. Okay. Also, Small, Smalling <laughs> came back, He's right? Back, yeah. He's back. They didn't, get any, they didn't get any... Uh, that's right. That's the problem that I had seen in Roma, that the defense... Leaky. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, so if Smalling comes back like it was a couple of years ago, I think... I mean, I like Roma. I, I like... And what Mourinho said is, hey, when I make a substitution, I'm bringing in Cala, uh, Calafiori. You know, I'm not bringing... Uh, uh, Sanchez, I'm not bringing Vidal, I'm not bringing. Yeah, he goes. So I'm here, but our project is very much different than the project of the other team because mm. I'm trying to build the young players to become men, and I am up in this role. So when we win three games, the fans have to understand that we didn't win 30 games, and mm. when we win four games, we haven't won 40 games. And when we lose one game, we haven't lost everything. So it's okay that I lost to Lazio, but we have a project. I believe in the project, and I'm, uh, uh, you know, everybody around the city has been supporting us Oof. since I got here. Even an hour before the game, they come to the stadium, they start singing, and oh, they're yeah. always be behind the team in Trigoria and at the field. That might be the best thing that I saw this weekend was the Roma fans. The video of the Roma fans, they were so loud. Mm. Uh, it was beautiful. It's a lot of enthusiasm. I think if I if I read correctly, they're actually number one as far as stadium attendance, even with the, oh, the really? wow. limited That's capacity. They're, right. Roma, uh, Roma's enthusiasm. fans are very uh, passionate. Are very passionate about the game. And also, I think the hardest city to be a coach in is Roma. Mm. whether you're coaching Lazio or you're coaching Roma. Just look at the past 20 years and look how many coaches Roma has changed after one or two seasons. In the past, Roma had great coaches like Rudy Garcia, who've had success in, in, in other uh, championships. And, but Roma is very passionate, but also things can turn around within minutes. One game that doesn't go your way or things start going a little bit wrong, South, yeah. then the city, the fans will turn against you dramatically. Why is that, Ludo? Why is it it's so the demanding? Culture. It's it's the culture of the uh, of the uh, city, of the uh, of the fans. Explain it to the, non-Italians yeah. or non-people that are not it's, living it's in It's very. They they they're very. It's they're. They're very passionate about the team. They they love. But so is every other team. Napoli isn't. Why, why is it yeah, but, I, but it's it's very easy because it's it's hard. Maybe now a little bit different because the ownership is uh, is uh, a foreign uh, ownership, but the fans are very demanding. They they feel they have a voice within the club or had a voice within the club in the past that would uh, make. Uh, would tell the club you need to make the changes now. That's why a lot of uh, coaches have left in the past after one or two seasons because they couldn't get along with the with the with the city and the fan base. So what Mourinho said also is uh, that he heard it from uh, from uh, people that they win one game. 
Oh, this year we're going to win the Scudetto. They, you, you, I no. says, we only won one game and they think we're going to win the Scudetto. So that's why he's trying to put him right. yeah. Now, the other thing is I was at the stadium uh, many years ago and uh, De Rossi made a mistake. Holy cow. There were about five or six fans next to me. They started cursing, and these are from Roma. And wow. De Rossi is from Roma. I mean, this is your idol. This is yeah. the yeah. because he made a mistake. They cursed him out. Correct. So you know, <laughs> wow. this is how how they, they change. You would think anywhere else in, in the, I would think that anywhere else in, in in Italy, if the Maldini made a mistake, if if uh, Zanetti. Zanetti, Zanetti made a mistake, if the Piero made a mistake, you'll never. They would not say anything. Yeah. The fans would not say it's anything crazy. to them. Or, uh, uh, you know, for oh, Napoli right. too, even though Napoli is very, very hot and passionate. But well, yeah. I couldn't believe this guy. He was cursing out that Ross. He was, he's from Roma. He's a local kid and everybody loves him. Well, the direct wow. descendants from the from ancient Rome. And, and we know what happened in the Colosseum. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think, going off your point, I think the expect the, the big difference in, in Rome compared to other cities uh, besides Juventus and then obviously Milan and Inter um, is that your expectations is to win, right? Your expectations to win, but your team is not made to win. And I think in part it's also because those were the last two teams that have actually won besides Juventus, Milan, Inter. In, mm. two, in 2000 and 2001, Lazio won and then Roma won the following so the year. So the capital maybe, so like, like being Roma the capital, capital of Italy, yeah. you're supposed to be like this dominant force. Very good points. I think this is what we should do. I think we should each come up with one question for my dad on that team that we already spoke about so we can get his thoughts on the team. All right? Mm-hmm. One little question, then you could give a, a tidbit on, on how you felt about the team. I have the first I'll, question. Oh, okay, go Yeah, go. I'll, start off, go. I'll start off with uh, Lazio because you already mentioned them. Lazio. You said second place? Okay, so... <laughs> He's wait, not going to let you live. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait a minute. Okay, this oh, is... Boy. Starting the next year, we're going to make one selection because <laughs> already they told me. He goes, don't make two, one before and one after. Just make one because now they're going to go back and say, you okay. <laughs> so Lazio. They lost 3-0. What the hell happened to the midfielder? The best midfielder. One of the best midfielders I was saying this. in the... In Italy, what happened to their midfield? That's what we, we have spoke about, it, right? Some games they show up and they play great and they win the game. And some games they don't show up. I mean, it's unbelievable how this team with that much talent can play that way and just disappear. Milenkovic, Luis Alberto, I mean, they, they, they just disappear from the field. And okay, Immobile was not there. But even the other guy that played, I mean, it's it's. Gaetano, I think this week Bologna showed up. They had to show up this week. We were talking about this before. I know, but they they played. They played better teams than Bologna, and and they played very good. I mean, the midfield really played well, and this time, I mean. The guy from Bologna, Barro, I think. What a yeah. goal. Well, I, we spoke Musa about Barro, this really. Wow. Oh, I think he's one of the best midfielders in Serie A. We spoke about this years ago, two years ago in the previous podcast. Well. Yes. But going back, that, you know, we, we did speak, right? <laughs> when they show up, that midfielder show up. They're one they of the play, best. One of the best. So, Michael, uh, Disappointed that Sarri is always got something to complain about. I don't know what it was the complaint. I know 61 hours. He said that they're the only team in Europa League to play 61 hours after the Not 62. Oh, okay. <laughs> I saw something <laughs> I like that, but I didn't league. know the specific. Uh, Sarri, stop complaining Ooh. and play the game, okay? All right? 
Uh, yeah. Michael, Michael will get you to ask about Milan, then Ludo about Napoli, and then uh, Peter about okay. Inter. Mike, what's your, Napoli, is, uh, your Milan question? I'm sure you've uh, seen the fantastic match. Um, Atalanta-Milan ended uh, 3-2 in Milan's favor. My question is, Donani looked great, but to your knowledge, do you think he deserves a starting spot over Ben Asser or over Kessier? What do you think? Because oh, there's that, a lot of back and forth. Oh, that's this. it. That's very easy. Of course he does. Wow. Yeah, okay. yeah. Of course. But I want to say something yeah. about that game. First of all, yeah. the goalkeeper is a disaster. Oh, that, Musso. Oh, yeah. my God. The, the first, first mistake. The first yeah. goal, he 28 seconds in. The guy takes a ball, which yeah. is not even a hard shot. Yeah. And you pass the ball. Right. <laughs> he passed the ball to... It looks I, like he had a Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, uh, on the second goal from Tonali, I mean, a really? play, how yeah. can you lose the ball? Four, yeah. four, I mean, you can't... He was sleeping. I mean, but you you turned around and you got you got so many passes that you can make and you're still trying. To, what are you trying to do? Yeah. I mean, they gave him two goals, easy goals. But I have to say something about it, uh, AC Milan. I mean, AC Milan has got a good team. It's got a solid team. They're going to go. They're going to be there the whole year. Even though this game, it, I, I think that it was given. I mean, with the mistakes that they make, but uh, they look really good. I mean, Leao... Uh, and you have to understand, Ibra is not there. They're missing some players. Giroud is not there. And this guy, Leao, is coming through. Um, Rebic is everywhere. He goes right to left. He runs. He, he makes ni- nice passes. He gave a nice uh, nice crosses into the area. A nice head ball. So, uh, Tonali is playing great. Cassie has got to get his head a little bit strained out because of... Uh, but Pioli is all behind them, so he pushes it. Uh, the goalkeeper is fantastic. So, yeah, I, AC Milan is doing uh, doing a pretty good job. Guys, also, I would like to also mention, and we can do a little research the past two years, regards to Atalanta. When things were not going well for Atalanta, many games, the, he had that sub that saint mm. on the bench that he does not have this year and he's not going to have him for a few months Ooh. Uriel well he came in he came in, came in. He, I he's thought back. he was hurt no, yeah, no yesterday that was he the first in. time yeah. the first time that he, he yeah. came yeah, back yeah, yeah. in Come the past her. two years that guy took a lot of right. mm. I mean look at the points that Atalanta uh, had when Muriel came yeah. in off the bench mm-hmm. and he was able to he had the mm-hmm. most change, goals off the bench in Europe change the season. game and how many points actually great point uh, Atalanta uh, gained in the past two years by just having Muriel on the bench and putting him the last 30 minutes and he was able to change the game yeah, uh, uh, the game around and Ludo. that's going to be a huge factor this year having a healthy Muriel that could do the same things that he did the past couple of uh, mm-hmm. the couple of uh, years and also Zapata's goals are very important. Sure, yeah. very important to put the ball behind the uh, so Ludo's the team is in first place 7 out of 7 Ludo what's your question to Gaetano about Napoli <laughs> No, probably, <laughs> probably fans are, are wondering why I keep when they mention <laughs> Ludo has a rash. <laughs> when, when, <laughs> when they mention that Napoli is in a certain place, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to mention the number, or they mention a certain word that we don't like to hear. I keep <laughs> touching because you know we're very. We're <laughs> well, what is the reason like, why we're very What's we're very super- superstitious? What what is the the reason? Why, what is there like a background to why? Well, like well, there is in America. They say knock on wood. Knock so on like, wood. Well, why? Why? Usually, why they say grab something. The Neapolitans. Well, the Neapolitans. When we, uh, <laughs> when you, 
very superstitious, uh, superstitious, and you see certain things like you you scratch your <laughs> your uh, you yes. know your groin. But and what's the reason do, for that? Well, you know? the reason behind it, I don't know. But okay. also the the, the horns, which I know you guys mentioned the the magic word, which we don't like to uh, we don't Scudetto. like to mention. See? <laughs> oh my God, you have it! You, you gotta show, show the, the camera. camera. Show the camera. Oh, <laughs> it's been in my hand. <laughs> it's been in so, no, for no, the no, first no, round. I swear to you, one. Yeah, shoot, I, so swear. I checked the last. I checked a, a podcast clip, and you had that just tied to your thing. Right? No, no, no I have it in my hands, and I haven't shown it since since the beginning. So San Gennaro is gone. Nothing to do with this? No, no. So it's it's superstition. Even when you see, let's say, a uh, a funeral pass by, hey, you know, all yeah. the that people rest in peace, and you know, you talk, you, you know, that doesn't happen to you. It's like right, to right. get the they do that in Sicily, get that or no? The, uh, yeah, the, yeah. They they have a, other things. No, not not that, right? <laughs> right. So to get the the uh, the, the bad, uh, you know, the, the people energy, that, the energy. that really the energy, wants you yeah. to fail to like you know by you touching that means it, you know. Yeah, it, it, right. It's like an anyway, intimate way you. of doing your, your question. Your question? I, thought, I haven't said that. But any question in any about Napoli? Napoli? No, got to be about Napoli. Oh, it has to be about because <laughs> yeah, then, because then I, I, I want this to transition to him talking about Napoli. You know what I'm saying? Right. About Napoli, where do you see this team <laughs> in uh, in May? Where do you see this team? How do you see this this right, team? So that's a good question. First of all, uh, Forza Napoli because yeah, I have them top four. I am. What do you mean? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I have top four. I thought you had them in seventh before. I no, I have them top four. Anyway, Napoli is playing really good. And even though in the first half yesterday they suffered, and Fiorentina did a good job, and they put them through some uh, difficulties, right. they were pressuring very high. They yeah. were pressuring and pressuring high, and you know they could have scored maybe another goal. I like the way uh, Napoli came back, and that shows a lot of character from Napoli. I think that uh, the coach is also is another guy that place into their minds and makes them that they they have to work hard they have to buy into what is selling i think they do and is is not happy and he thinks that they have to improve and he told them exactly where they have to improve and uh i think they're doing a great job and if i'm not mistaken and maybe this um, maybe he knows you score 12 goals and you have like, one goals against three Three, three, three goals. against. You have three goals, they, they goals against? two of them yesterday against Fiorentina. Right. So one, so they, one, 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 one yesterday. Two, one. Sorry. Yeah. So two of them beforehand. Sorry. Two. About that. Okay. Yes. Because yes. I told them, yeah. uh, I thought he said that there Genoa, was 12 the and one. Okay. So, you know, uh, again, once again, the defense, if you don't get the goals, usually the teams that get the less goals, you know, they, uh, well, they're in first place. No man lost yesterday, you know. Uh, what? No monologues. Oh, That's why they conceded, though. <laughs> so uh, I think Spalletti is doing a very good job. I think Hopefully. he's putting a nice team on the field. I think everybody knows their role. Uh, Osiman is, man, that guy is really, really good. And the guy's so fast. Um, and he's got everybody in their position. And Spalletti demands respect. When he's in the locker room, you better listen to him. When he talks, you better shut up. So I think all those things, sometimes Napoli gets, uh, ah, in Napoli, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Not with Spalletti. The players know exactly where they stand. So where do I see them in May? 
I see them in the top four. And uh, uh, now that uh, I, the way they're playing right now, I see them uh, first, second place. Ooh. Finishing second. No, in May. I see them in second. second <laughs> place. He doesn't believe Peter. He doesn't believe finishing. Monopoly. Peter. Last, That's let's, good. let's get that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy with his prediction. <laughs> Peter, as long as he doesn't make, as long as any of you mention the magic word. <laughs> so with Inter, uh, I think the biggest question is Inzaghi, right? Because obviously we know what Conte was able to do with this Inter team. I think the team, for the most part, um, have made adjustments even without Lukaku, who was the star. But can Inzaghi bring this team to win the Scudetto? Can't is he the right coach as far as <laughs> he was making the, the reading the game um, and knowing how to sacrifice maybe because even at times you see he leaves the defense wide open and Sassuolo or any other team could have done real damage when they have a, a good day. So is Inzaghi going to be stuck in his ways and playing this offensive style or is he going to be able to manage and, and win games the dirty way, the way that Conte has won it? So I am, I am not a big... Inzaghi fan, as you can tell, uh, <laughs> even from the days from Lazio, he started Limone Inzaghi. Um, <laughs> I think Sassuolo, he could score. They could score the, the second goal, mm -hmm. um, and the um, the other thing about and something that I forgot. This is what uh, Spalletti What's said. That? He said, "When you have five substitutions <laughs> and you're losing two nothing." It goes before the game was over. Now, 2 nothing. the game is not over because if you're losing 2 nothing, you're going to bring four players mm -hmm. and they could be four offensive players and you could change the game. And I think Inzaghi, you know, with what he did yesterday, I mean, Zeko, was, <laughs> it, was, it was unbelievable. Yeah. The guy wo came in and he saved um, Inter. Uh, so, but they, they have a lot of talent. Inter has got a lot of talent. And with all the talent that you have, I mean, if you don't come in the top, you got to come in the top three. Mm -hmm. I think you're still favored for the Scudetto. Mm -hmm. The only thing that I see a little bit, uh, AC Milan, a little bit favored than uh, Inter is because of the coach, because of Maldini because of the, the team that he's putting there. And I think Pioli is doing a very good job. The only difference is the Inzaghi. So you mm. think Pioli is better than Inzaghi? Yes. Really? Yeah. I also wow. think that. You, you say the same thing? Yeah. Oh, wow. wow that's really interesting. That's a good question. Would you, would you have said that, let, let's say, 15 no. months ago? No. <laughs> Never, right? No. Never. No, I was not a big Pioli fan. No, yeah, because was he only was coach. one of the coach that he won and he won eh, and then when he started losing he lost 15 games yeah. in a row you know so he did not have that you know he matured way. he matured yeah, he, when you win you, you got to keep winning and you got to instill that to your players and it's a you know it's the way you motivate your players yeah. and it's not like uh who said it uh, it's easy when you oh, Allegri said it, it's easy when you play against Chelsea. And you don't have to motivate the players because it's a the big shirt game. Does the, uh, it's, does a, the job. it's when you play against, you know, Parma. When you play against the the, the smaller team, Venezia. When you play against Salernitana, against you know, that's when you, you got to really motivate the players. And 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 I think Inzaghi has a problem with that. Mm. And Pioli now. I think because he's at AC Milan and because he's got somebody next to him like Maldini who won Not everything, 
almost everything. Ibrahimovic he didn't win. Well. He didn't win the Neither World Cup, the but he was. Uh, he came close to it. But Maldini won everything else. Mm-hmm. I think that helps uh, when you go in the locker room and people. You say something mm-hmm. and people look at you and you say, "Oh my God, this guy won everything. He must be right." That's when you buy. To be a great coach, you need right. to have great communication skills. Yeah. You need to be a great communicator in mm-hmm. today's cultural world, in order for the the players to Respect to understand. Them. And you have to understand and talk to each players differently, and in a certain way, in order to get a hundred and ten percent from them. Especially when, like Gaetano said, when you play against the smaller Very teams. Very nice. To motivate them. Guys, this is a fantastic podcast. I like it. Let us know if you like the longer style podcast. Ludovico, if you have your top seven, I'm going to take it right now, right before top I... Top seven? <laughs> well, he needs a couple of weeks what, to what think about that. <laughs> uh, as, as you're about to say it, I just want to remind everybody, Paramount Plus, make sure you're subscribed to it. You get all the action in Serie A, Champions League, Europa League conference league and so much more the link is in our the top of our description our special unique link you're gonna get seven days free trial over there so make sure you go on and do that ludovico by the way thank you for coming back this was always fantastic. uh hopefully i know you're a very busy man we're lucky to get your time when i you have get there. the top for all of that <laughs> <laughs> he's keeping wait do you just automatically keep that in your pocket yeah, because I'm going to put it in the computer and then type it. Ah. The, uh, it's like how Ludo holds the... I, I do. I hold it very... Uh, well, well, my well, top four are... And, say four. Uh, say four first. Number four. Number four. Uh, number four, I would say Lazio. Lazio, number ah, four. Number four. <laughs> number three. <laughs> number He's three, right I would this. say Roma. Whoa! Whoa! Hold on. You got number Lazio two. and Roma. Number That's two, crazy. number two, I would say Napoli, <laughs> and the Napoli fans hope they understand what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and number one, <laughs> nah, Juve. I would say no, fifty fifty between. Um, I would have to pick one because of the experience. Then I would pick Inter. And so, so Milan was the been? fifth. Yeah. Wow. Just from that fifty fifty from wait, one wait, to five. So who's <laughs> fifth? Milan is fifth. Milan is sixth. Inter, Napoli, Roma, Lazio, Milan. Well, seventh, it's up for uh, grabs. I would say Atalanta at this point. I just do not see Atalanta, the same Atalanta that we used of seeing in the past. So So Milan and Juventus not in Champions League? For next year, I do not. What what does everybody else have? Uh, All right, so... Recap for Ludovico and everybody else. Okay, so Antonio has got Milan, Roma, Napoli, Inter, Juve, Atalanta, Lazio, Fiorentina. You got to give me a number eight. Um... I have Inter Milan Napoli third. Uh, today I put him second. Roma, Juve, <laughs> Lazio, Atalanta, Fiorentina. <laughs> Pete has got Inter Napoli, Milan, Roma, Juve, Atalanta, Lazio, Fiorentina. And Mike has got Inter Milan Napoli, Juve, Roma, Atalanta, Lazio, Fiorentina. Yours, uh, I gotta listen to the podcast <laughs> what the because hell? I never wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> I had, I know I had Inter uh, for. I think it was Inter Milan. Inter. <laughs> He's writing it out right Milan, now. Are you gonna Napoli remember? and Juve. I don't remember the rest. Okay. I don't remember. I listened to the podcast and Juve. Okay, you're gonna give me number eight. Well, Fiorentina, <laughs> Sassuolo. Yes, I would, say, I, would say, I would say Fiorentina. Okay. Uh, we have all have the same. Yeah. Yeah. Almost yeah. everybody's yeah. got Fiorentina number yeah. eight. Yeah. Which would be yeah. a very good season. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just want to say they're that. They're on the left side of the standings, and that's their goal. Is that left side of the team? Yeah, which one's Conference League? 
five, six is Europa League, seven, seven is Conference League. But if somebody wins the Euro, uh, yeah, then yeah, it's then an extra spot. Spa. Yeah, Nobody's exactly. gonna. I don't think anybody's no. gonna win. Yeah, this guy, I don't think <laughs> this guy immediately off the bat. Guys, uh, everyone, thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure you like the video. Make sure you subscribe for more podcasts. Everyone over here, guys, thank you for being with us. Any final remarks? Yeah, this was good. I came in late, <laughs> but I have I got really into it. Maybe I. Keep coming late. What do you think? Yeah, I, I want to try. Right, we should get rid of Antonio altogether. <laughs> we'll just leave Antonio in uh, Miami. Okay. Ludovico, anything last to say? No. So far, I'm a uh, I'm a happy man. Let's just uh, <laughs> <laughs> we hope I'm a happy man. we hope we can continue uh, like this. I'm very realistic. My feet are solid on the on the ground. Uh, been there, done that. So uh, you know exactly for me. Like a good friend of mine says, my mind, I'm still in August. Any tips for Spalletti if he's watching this? Keep doing, keep, keep doing, keep doing what you're doing. It's working. Wow. If okay. it's working, don't change don't it. Change guys, what's up is back. If it's, it's not broken, don't go. fix it. <laughs> guys, as always, thank you for watching. We'll talk to you soon. Ciao, Ciao guys. Bye. That was so fun. I can't believe you were holding that the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. When you guys mentioned the word, I got to scratch my feet.